Warning, we come to the story of the butler and the baker. Yes? Okay, more dreams. A lot of dreams in this, in this part of the Chumash. So, Yosef is in prison, having been accused of trying to uh, rape his mistress. And as we said yesterday, Potiphar knows he's really a good guy, and he puts him into a very high-level prison where the big you know, political prisoners go. But it became the talk of the town. Everyone was talking about what had happened to Yosef. So Hashem decided it was time to bring a distraction to get people talking. You know, we go from scandal to scandal. The media will only talk about something as long as there's no other new exciting news. The moment something else comes, you know, they forget to get it. You're out the window. So there came the story of the butler and the baker. So now the Egyptians were no longer talking about the story. They also they had a new a new scandal to talk about, a new victim to uh, to talk about. And basically, it was the both the butler and the, well, to go one by one, the they found a fly in the wine goblet of the king's cup, and they found a stone in the bread of the baker. Even though it wasn't actually the butler and the baker themselves to put the stone of the fly in, just as it was found in the bread, but who gets the responsibility? The guy on top. So Pyro became angry, verse 2 says, with his two uh, servants, his two ministers, the chief cupbearer, the sar hamashkim, uh, and the sar hatavachim, the one that was in charge of overseeing the whole operation. They get thrown into prison. And they're there in prison together with Yosef. And as we said, Yosef had become in charge of the prison. It was under the control of Potiphar as well. And Yosef um, begins to take care of these two prisoners as well. One night, what happens? One night, they both dream a dream. And they also dream the other person's dream. If you look at the Hebrew, the way it's written, they each dream dreamt on that night the dream of both of them each one dream, dreamt his dream and they dreamt the interpretation of their dream but they forgot it and uh, in the morning they were very very depressed because they had this dream they knew that they had a dream that had given clarity what was going to happen to them but they had no one in, in the prison that could interpret it for them you know, maybe there were big uh, Egypt was rubbing into astrologers and you know, stargazers and dream interpreters they were in prison, and they had no one to interpret it for them. Yosef comes to them in the morning to give them breakfast. And when Yosef comes to them, he says to them as follows. He says, he sees that their faces are downcast. So he says to them, Why are your faces downcast today? Now, this is a very, very, very beautiful verse. Because if you just read it, he just asks them, why are you depressed? You know, they tell them. We each had a dream. We don't know how to interpret it. And so Yosef will interpret the dream. We'll get to there in a second. But I want to focus on this verse because the Rebbe talks about it and it's very beautiful if you, if you pay attention. What, what's the question? Why are your faces uh, sad today? What do you mean? You're in prison. <laughs> right? Imagine you're in prison. I come to your prison. Why do you look so sad? Uh, I'll give you three guesses. Number one, I'm not with my family. Number two, I lost my job. Number three, you know, I don't know if the king will kill me. You know, I have a court case coming. What do you mean why is my face sad? But more importantly, not just why is your face sad, is who's asking the question? Another prisoner. Joseph is also a prisoner. And Joseph has every single reason to be at least as depressed and as downcast, if not more, than the butler and the baker. We, and we talked about this at great length yesterday. Joseph had every reason to give up on his life. He was abandoned by his family. His father never came to find him. His brothers hated him. He even tried to do the right thing and make the right moral choices. You know, it came back to, to haunt him and to bite him. He's alone in the prison. He's a slave who has no protections, no 
rights in the Egyptian society. Now he's not even a slave. Now he's a prisoner. He's even lower than the slave, accused of a terrible crime. He had every reason to give up in his life. And instead, as we said, he understood Hashem was with him. Everything he did. So here you have a prisoner. Yosef is a prisoner. And yet, despite his own suffering, despite his own internal, etc., he's so sensitive to somebody else that he walks into them and he says, good morning, how can I help you? Why are your faces down? And in fact, there was something even more powerful. He doesn't ask them, why do you look sad? He asks them, why are your faces sad or downcast? Today. Meaning, they probably the first day they're thrown into prison, they probably look sad. Most people look sad when they're put into prison, right? And the second day, they probably look sad. And the third day, they look sad. Well, today, somehow, they looked a little bit more sad. There was something else, besides the fact that they were in prison, there was something else that was bothering them, the dreams. And Yosef was so sensitive to the people around him that he was able to discern a difference in the sadness that they had felt yesterday to the sadness that they were feeling today. So he says, to them, not why you're sad. I know why you're sad. You're in prison. That's why you're sad. Why today do you look extra sad, even more perturbed, and more you know, worried than you looked yesterday? This tells you the power of who Yosef is. I talked yesterday about this, and you see it again here. The narrative he decided to say to tell himself. He could have chosen to give himself a very sad story, and he would have been factually correct in giving himself a very, very depressing, sad narrative. But if he would have done that, he would have wallowed in his own self-grief, in his own pity. Some people like that. They're very comfortable to wallow in their own pity, you know, and how, how terrible their life is and how, you know, they, they have the worst uh, situation, the worst this, that, and whatever. And then he would have been nothing. He would have been a sad person. He would have been justified in his mind. He never would have recognized that there was a butler and a baker that were sad about a dream. Never would have interpreted the dream. Never would have ended up with Paro. It's only happened. The whole story that's going to happen only happens because he says, good morning. He says, what's the matter? Why do you look sad today? What's bothering you more today than what's bothering you yesterday? So since they see that he's asking sincerely, even though they didn't trust him, they thought of him as a young Jewish boy. And you're going to see later, they, they, they have this mistrust of this Jewish lad in the prison. Even when he comes to Paro, the butler will later on describe in very derogatory terms. You know, there was still a very strong sense of mistrust and hatred to this Jew amongst them. But nevertheless, when you ask with sincerity, you get a response. When Yosef asked, why are your faces down today? He wasn't just asking, you know, like... Uh, when they ask you in the airport or something like, you know, how, you know, how was your flight? They couldn't, you know, whatever. Maybe they do care. But um, he cared. He cared. That's how he noticed. And they felt that care. And because they felt that care, therefore they responded to him. And they say to him, we each dreamt a dream, but there's no one to interpret it for us. Yosef responds and he says, Interpretations of dreams are to Hashem, to God. Let me see if I can help you interpret my dream, interpret your dream. Okay, so here again, Yosef is very, you see clearly again and again, everything Yosef does, Baruch Hashem, Bezrat Hashem, God willing, the interpretation of the dream is God's. Let me see if I can help you uh, figure out what they mean. So first comes the butler. And the butler tells Yosef that his dream was as follows. On, and in his dream there was a vine. And on the vine there were three branches. And the Torah says first that they were budding, then they were blossoming, and then the clusters ripened into grapes. Three things happened over here. 
budding, the blossoming, and the ripening very, very quickly. And therefore, Paro's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes on the vine. I squeezed them straight from the vine into the cup of Paro. And then I placed the cup in Paro's hands. And so Yosef says to him, this is the interpretation of your dream. The three branches symbolize three days. That's why you have three uh, vines, three branches. The fact, this is not written in the text, but the commentaries explain, the Ramban explains. The fact that in your dream you saw the whole process of the budding, of the blossoming, of the ripening, tells me that these number of three is not, it could be three years, it could be three weeks, three months, but because you saw it happen in your dream so quickly, so that means that the interpretation of the dream will also come to fruition very quickly, and in just three days, the shortest amount of time, the king will remember you, and just like in your dream, you put the cup back into the hand of Pharaoh, so too in real life, you will be able to put the cup back into the hand of Pharaoh, he will remember you, and he will reinstate you back into your former position to continue being the chief butler who serves the king himself. Um, and then Yosef asks him a, a favor. Yosef says to him, you're going to be back in the palace, and you're going to be once again near the king. Do me a favor. Remember me together with you in order that it should be good for me, and you should do for me a kindness, a chesed, and tell Pharaoh that I need to get out of this prison. Tell him that I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and over here in Egypt, I didn't do anything wrong to warrant them putting me in the dungeon, and that I'm innocent and I want to go back home. Okay? Now, the baker sees that Yosef has correctly interpreted the dream for the butler. How did he know he correctly interpreted it? I mentioned each one dreamt the other person's dream too, but then they dreamt the other one's interpretation. So each one dreamt their dream, and they dreamt the other person's interpretation, so they couldn't help each other out. So now he sees that the, Yosef is right. So he says to Yosef, I too had a dream. What was my dream? On top of my head, there were three wicker baskets, three baskets. And in each basket, there was bread and good stuff, except that Paro eats. And the birds were coming and eating the bread from the top basket. So Yosef responds to him that this is the interpretation of your dream. Also, the three baskets symbolize three days. But unlike in the other dream where, where, where the butler was putting, the, he didn't say that, I'm just explaining to you. Unlike another dream where the butler was putting the wine back into the hand of Pharaoh, here, who's taking the food? The birds. <laughs> There's no Pharaoh in your dream. Your dream is uh, you're out on the street or wherever, and the birds are coming and taking the food away. So since the birds are taking the food, that's a sign that in three days he will remember you. He will have you uh, hung. He'll first of all decapitate, he'll cut off your head, and he'll hang you. And there, when you're hanging, the birds will eat your flesh. Not a very good interpretation. By the way, you see, Yosef is a little brave. Because if Yosef, if, if he would have been wrong, and the baker would have come back to, got back to the palace, the baker probably would have killed Yosef for that kind of interpretation. You have to be careful. Anyway, sure enough, three days go by. And on the third day, it is the birthday party of Pharaoh. First, we find the birthday party mentioned in the Torah. And um, Paro lifts up here. He says, oh, I need my baker. I need my butler. He remembers them. And the Sar HaMashkim, the one in charge of pouring the drinks, is reinstated. And the one in charge of making the bread is hung. And his uh, body is hung by the trees. And as, as Yosef had interpreted, exactly came true. The bird ate from the flesh of his body. And then the last verse of the parasha is a very, it's, it's a heavy verse. It's a heavy verse that requires a lot of thought and interpretation. And, 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 
internalizing. Says the Torah, when the butler was reinstated back at the birthday party of the king and back at his job, the Torah says, The one in charge of serving the drinks, Yosef was here, the one in charge of serving the drinks, the one that was saved. The uh, one that was, the Saramashkim did not remember Yosef, and he forgot him. So the verse says, he didn't remember, and he forgot. If you didn't remember, then you forgot, right? So what does it mean he didn't remember, and he didn't remember, and he forgot? So Rashi tells us he didn't remember on that day. At the birthday party, he didn't remember. He forgot, meaning afterwards as well. Meaning on the birthday, maybe it's a bad day to go to the king, there's a lot of people coming, and there's a lot of you know, distraction. But afterwards, he also forgot. And then Rashi tells us, and this is a very... This is what I want to talk about, that Yosef was punished as a result of putting his trust and his hope on the butler, that the butler would be the one to save him by telling the king. Therefore, because he put his trust on the butler instead of trusting in Hashem, that's why he had to stay in prison instead of three days, three years. Meaning the interpretation of the dreams should have applied to Yosef as well. And just like the butler was saved after three days, Really, Hashem could have saved, he could have, I'm not sure anything, but the plan was Hashem, Yosef would also be saved after three days, and he too, at the birthday party, could have been remembered and mentioned and saved. However, since he put his trust into the butler, that the butler should be the one to, to bring about his salvation, as a result of that, it says, Ashri Agever, happy is the man that places his trust in Hashem, who does not turn to Rahavim to other idols, other gods to help him. And since he didn't uh, didn't put his trust, Hashem made him say three years in prison. But as I mentioned earlier this week, the three years was cut down. It was only three, two years and three days. So Hashem counted the three days of that year as a whole year. So the three years was really the shortest three years possible. So it was three days for the birthday, then two more years. And then on Paro's th- birthday, two years after that, is when he'll have the dreams we'll talk about next week with the cows and all that. We'll talk about where he remembers where Yosef is reinstated.